Hello, I'm Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. And we're a very British Hogwarts. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> today's film is very special. We're doing something a bit different in that we're actually looking at the um, most recent Harry Potter film. Um, Are we doing which, that, Paul? Is that what we're doing? No, it's, it's in which Harry Potter's grown up and he gets sent back to Hogwarts, which is now empty. He's closed down as a school. But there's this, this mad, mad old woman in black who's just lurking around in the castle, who who he thinks is Professor McGonagall, and she's sort of scaring it. And there's lots of children that, that have been killed, ex Hogwarts pupils, probably Hufflepuff children because they're a bit rubbish. And um, and then it turns out to be 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 Snape. That's right, isn't it? You really thought this through. I reckon you actually could keep this up for a whole podcast, couldn't you? I probably could. <laughs> but let's not do that. No, okay. <laughs> so what are we actually doing? Uh, today we're talking about the Hammer film, The Woman in Black, from 2012. Starring Harry Potter. Starring Daniel Radcliffe. As Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, okay, um... So, I think we should say, at the start, that there are going to be, amongst the nonsense, some <laughs> actual spoilers, because we are going to really talk about the woman black in a minute. We are. <laughs> and we're going to give away plot details. And this is quite a recent film, so there's quite a good chance that you might actually not have seen it yet. And I also think um, it's actually quite a good film, and you really should watch it. So, we're going to ruin it for you. If you haven't seen it, so turn off now, yeah. watch it, then come back. Yeah, that's it. You as well. Good. No, go on, turn no, off. No, they've all gone now. Now, okay. now. The only listeners have seen The Woman in Black, and they know Excellent. They know that um, the way it ends, which is badly. Yeah. Or, or, or happily, but we'll discuss that later. Yes, let's, let's, let's discuss that later. Um, so, what's The Woman in Black about then, Paul? Right, basically, it seems to be it's about. Um, oh, I'm resisting the, the urge to do more Harry Potter. Yeah, what's stuff. it really about? Paul? Okay, so um, you've got Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> he works for Gringotts. Okay, okay, so I'll, I'll do this. I'll do this. Right, so um, Arthur Kidd, a young Kids. Ah, oh, you know what I've done? I've get, that's the name of he. That's the that's Nigel Neal's name for him. Oh, we'll talk about this later, but you're right, Arthur Kipps, yeah. um, a young solicitor. He sounds like a 40s comedian. Well, Arthur na- Kipps, the, the name's very interesting, but, we'll, but, but for now, we'll call him Arthur Kipps, leave it at that, a young solicitor who is sent um, to a remote English um, village to, well, town really, but um, Crithin Gifford, to... Um, Deal with the, um, the the effects and the estate of a recently deceased um, widow, um, old lady called Alice Drablo, and um, he begins to be bothered by um, a woman in black, who I'm afraid is a ghost, and the, the supernatural stuff happens, and um, yeah, she's quite nasty. Yep, that's really that's the plot. Yeah, and lots of dead children. The um, the woman in black. Um, she when she appears, a child dies. That's that's the that's why she's particularly nasty. And um, <clears throat> so the, the film actually opens with um, um, three 
young girls playing in an attic uh, nursery and suddenly all stand up and jump out the windows and kill themselves. Yeah. Because the woman in black can make kids basically commit suicide. Yeah. Which is horrible. And um, yeah, as a, and you see in this film that she she actually has killed a number of children, like 20 or something. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so she is a horrible ghost. And um, Harry Potter slash Arthur Kidd slash Arthur the Kips. So Arthur Kips in this film. Um, <laughs> basically tries to stop her. Which is quite interesting. He does. Yeah. He does actually try to stop her. He does. Yes, he tries to work out what the reason is for her being there and, and, and solve that. Yeah. He's he's quite interesting as well because he's um, he's obviously recently married. Is it widows? Well, yeah, no, but he's he, yeah. So he's he's he was married and his it, it turns out that his wife died in childbirth, uh, giving birth to their son. So yes, so he's he's widowed. Yeah, and their son has the same name as my son, which makes the film extra creepy for me. Yes. I don't mind telling you. Yep. <laughs> um, interesting enough, apparently that that little boy is um, Daniel Radcliffe's godson, and it was his suggestion apparently to have him there so that they had a more natural uh, rapport. But it might also explain why the little boy doesn't act particularly well. But that's that might just be me being harsh. That's an excellent piece of Woman in Black trivia. I might have um, another piece of Woman in Black trivia for you. Okay. Right. Um, there's, a, there's a 1989 version of Woman in Black, a TV movie written by Nigel Neal that I've yeah. talked about before. And in that, um, the main character, who's called Arthur Kidd, um, is played by Adrian Rawlins. Adrian Rawlins has a role in the... Harry Potter films. Did you know that? No. Do you know who he plays? Well, obviously you don't because you nope. didn't know he was in it. Nope, go on. Harry Potter's dad. Ah. It's James, it's, Adrian Rawlins plays um, James Potter <coughs> in, in, in several of the films. So that just adds to my theory that all the various versions of Woman in Black all fit into the Harry Potter continuity. Oh, damn. That's not what I wanted to do at all. <laughs> No, that's great. That's a a follow-up piece of trivia: Adrian Rawlins is um, in the sequel to this this version of the Woman in Black, the Woman in Black Angel of Death, which Hammer are um, preparing for next year. But he plays a character called Doctor Rhodes in it, so oh, okay. he's coming back to the Woman in Black universe. Oh, that's that's good. So I've got an yes. even better piece of trivia. Go on but I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna, uh, okay. Oh no. Okay. Here we go. This is I've got, this is it now for trivia. Right. The name Arthur Kipps. Um, it's from H.G. Wells. There's an H.G. Wells novel called Kips, and um, that's why Nigel Neal changed it because he hated that um, Susan Hill had used that name. Um, mm. But the, the novel Kips, no one's read, but it was turned into a musical called Half Sixpence. Mm. And the character that Tommy Steele plays in the film Half Sixpence is Arthur Kips. Wow. Not haunted to death by a woman in black. Although this film would have, or a version of this film would have been quite interesting with Tommy Steele in the main role. A few songs would have lined it up. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. Nice dance routine halfway through. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's quite a good um, uh, mashup there, waiting to be done, a film. Yeah. I'm out of trivia <clears> now, so we're going to have to talk about something, something else. Okay. I do have some more trivia, but I might. Oh, no, 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 we're doing the, this. Is the drop. trivia. This is the new trivia section. Oh, of is podcasts. it? Okay. 
Well, apparently um, the, the script, which is written by Jane Goldman, who is the wife of Jonathan Ross, and also wrote the script for the excellent film version of Stardust, and also X-Men First Class. Um, she wasn't the first choice, apparently, to write this. Apparently it was Mark Gatiss. He, he turned it down? Uh, he was maybe he was busy with something. All right then, <laughs> I, I have now got another piece of trivia for you. Is this going to be? Are we just going to be a, a, a very British trivia podcast now? Is this? Is no, this... I just find this film fantastic <laughs> to talk about. Um, here's my last piece of trivia. Then you've okay. got to actually stop me. Um, did you recognise the policeman? No. It's David Burke, whom was the first Dr. Watson in the Jeremy Brett yeah. um, Sherlock Holmes. So he was Dr. Watson in the, the adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And when he came back as Return of Sherlock Holmes, it was Edward Hardwick, obviously son of Cedric Hardwick, as we discussed in yeah. last, last time around. So um, David Burke, who also was in a couple of the M.R. Um, James adaptions and that the BBC did in the noughties, you know, the BBC Four ones, View from the Hill and Number 13. He's in both of those. Okay. Uh, ah. So he, he he's actually uh, made a little bit of a speciality of um, ghost stories in his late career. Yeah, good for him. There is one more bit of trivia as well. Apparently, I think that there's a bit later on where, where um, Arthur puts his hand against the window and, and as he moves slightly closer, the his reflection merges into a face of of a woman who's screaming. Yes. Apparently that that was his uh, fiance at the time who did that bit. Whose fiance? Daniel Radcliffe's. I didn't realise he was engaged. Or other half or, or whatever. Oh. Apparently. Okay. That, that's know. actually that's more even gossip than trivia. <laughs> We've gone to so, so like Daniel Radcliffe was basically employing anyone, getting anyone he knows involved in this film, which incidentally is quite um, sort of plays on the rest of it because the cast is is actually it's not a huge cast, and, and they're mostly quite um, there's no apart from Daniel Radcliffe, there's no real other big stars necessarily. No, but um, I mean, there's lots of Kieran faces Hines, who are familiar from Kieran Hines TV who and plays things. Sam Daly. Um, yeah, I, I think he's reasonably well known. I've been a big fan of his for many years. Actually, he was in, he was the villain in the BBC's Ivanhoe adaption about 20 years ago, and I thought okay. he was brilliant in it. Um, and I liked him as um, as like the, the, the friendly landowner Sam, Sam Daly, but. Um, yeah, I mean he's 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 great in, in this. I think I think he's he he's most of the way through it. Quite the sort of plays a sort of sceptic role uh, until a bit later on. Yeah, but unfortunately in the ghost film, being a sceptic is a hiding. You want to hide into nothing because there really is a ghost, and she's probably out to get you. Yes. <laughs> um. Um. Other cast members who I spotted was uh, Victor Maguire. Who you may remember, he's—he's. He's, um, oh, I've forgotten what character he plays now, but he, his his daughter is the one that dies of poisoning from lie, which I can explain what that is in a minute. He plays a villager. Oh, he plays a villager. But yes, Victor Maguire, for for those that don't remember, was um, in Bread. He was um, 
which one one of the, the brothers in bread the one who was Joey the one who well, yeah. there were quite a few of them that were Joey actually but yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the fat one <laughs> yes but <laughs> also he, he apologise for that description <laughs> <laughs> also he he plays um, he plays uh, Gary Sparrow's best friend in um, Goodnight Sweetheart which is a yeah, and um, which a is sitcom I'm mildly obsessed with. It's, it's a, a sitcom starring Nicholas Lindhurst, yeah. and if you don't know who Nicholas Lindhurst is, he's exactly like Paul. <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> except that I don't have a, a, a road I can walk down that sends me back to the forties, and don't have a wife in the nineteen forties either. Anyway, we'll save that for the uh, Goodnight Sweetheart podcast that we're going to be doing shortly. Um, not, <laughs> that's more of a long-term plan, isn't it? Um, let's stick with British horror. Okay, so let, let, getting back to the getting back to the cast. Um, oh, um, Liz White is the actress who plays the woman in black, who you don't see her much. No, but um, you know she's like a scary woman. That's quite interesting that she's her surname's White. She's playing a woman in black. That is quite interesting. I hope I didn't just make that up. No, I'm sure that's, I'm sure that's right. <laughs> but um. She's been replaced. It's not even her playing the woman in black in the sequel. That's outrageous. I know. I know. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I, I thought she was good, but she doesn't have a lot to do. Oh, in the 1989 version, right. the woman in black is played by Pauline Moran, who who's quite a lot older. Um, but, um, and she is most famous for playing Miss Lemon in uh, Poirot. And uh, if you if you know that character, seeing her as the woman in black is quite uh, quite a change. But she's good. She's really good. She she has more to do actually. Um, right. Than 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 the the, the the woman in black in the Hammer film. And I think that's because the the Hammer film goes a bit for like a fairground ghost train kind of yeah. scares. It's, yeah. There's yeah. lots of yeah. the the actual jumps st- and booms. Yeah, but they actually. I mean, there is a good emotional story, and, and some of the mm. stuff with um, uh, Arthur Kipps is actually new, because um, he's actually in this film, um, and none of the other versions of the Woman in Black. Um, in this film, he's haunted by two ghosts. Yes. Um, not well, not not counting the kids. Um, the Woman in Black, but there's also a Woman in White, who's yeah, the he's ghost his, of his wife. His wife, yeah. yeah. Um, and and in, in in yeah that that's not from Susan Hill or the other versions that's Jane Goldman's invention. Uh, well, in mm. in the other in the original novel, um, the um, Kipps isn't married. He's um, got a fiance called Stella. Right. And um, yeah, <laughs> and and the son Joseph comes along later. Okay. I mean that that Sarah and Joseph are both in the the the, the, the novel, but. At the end, right? <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, I, 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 I like that, but I think Jane Goldman changed it because there's kind of a, a movement in ghost stories <clears throat> to to give them kind of um, more emotional yeah. resonance. So when I was watching the, the the Hammer version, I was reminded of. Six Sense, the others, and particularly yeah. the the um, American remake of The Ring, because in um in in, in that film they 
that they spend quite a lot of time like wrongly trying to work out how to um, placate the ghost. This you know, scary Japanese yeah. girl. Um, and I think uh, Kip's in this, and only in this version, not in any of the other versions of the the, the story that I've seen. He spends a long time trying to trying to placate her <laughs> as well. Okay. Yeah, I have to I have to say that when I first started watching it, it it's very bleak at the beginning, and it's quite it's quite downbeat and miserable. Yeah, but so, yeah, so you're introduced to him. He, it's made very obvious that Kips is very miserable. Is still not got over. Yeah, he's he's basically forced to to go on. Um, to um, sort out Mrs. Jablow's estate yeah. at um, well, yeah, he Gil Marsh House because yeah. he, um, he, he otherwise will lose his yeah. job so, so because he's, he, had, he's had a tough time after the death of his yeah, wife. Yeah, so basically he, he's he's not been coping too well and then he gets a kick in the teeth from his boss who basically says, All right, go and do this otherwise you're fired. And, and so he's extremely unhappy even before mm. he gets there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it doesn't get any less bleak, to be honest. But then, no. uh, at the end, it's kind of not bleak, because they try... Uh, the, the whole thing about this film is it has a happy ending where everyone dies, which is a brand new yeah. um, latter-day well, well, ghost well, story. We'll, we'll, go, we'll get on to that maybe in a little little while, rather than skip to the end straight away. Okay, well, that, there's, a, there's um, a teaser for you, but it, it's the main... Yeah, it's the main thing that, that makes this film. I like it. I, I like this film, but yeah. it makes it difficult for me because I I don't like that kind of um, mm. ending to a, go, a ghost story. I think it's completely false, and um, it, people. I don't want to give away too many other films, but it's yeah. uh, um, it's quite common that, to end a ghost story this way, and I think it's a cheat because you know how can everybody dies be a happy ending? But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so he he goes up to this um, this village, and everyone is. Yeah, I called it a village as well, but it's actually a market town, isn't it, Chris and Gifford? Because yeah. he actually gets there on 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 market day. <laughs> yeah, no, he does. I think they filmed it in various places in North Yorkshire, yeah. and I have to just say that the the location filming for this is is fantastic. It's it, it's. It's very bleak. Obviously, everything's washed out in greys and light browns and and, and that kind of thing. Um, except for the interior of the house, which is a bit more vivid, which is quite interesting. Uh, but the um, but the landscape and the places that they choose are are, are really gorgeous. I think they fit the the the, the subject really well. Um, Anyway, he he goes goes to this village and immediately he he he's going up to to his his lodgings and immediately there's there's the cliches start coming in and this film has a lot a lot of horror cliches but you get the 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 oh, Victor Maguire I think hustling his child back inside their house as mm. as he he comes through and all the kind of very obvious. What's going on here, type thing. In fact, this very the, the opening bit. 
sort of reminded me of Dracula, in a way, in that both of them have solicitors going off to strange old houses. It's true, yeah. And um, you know a lot of the the, the early bits in in, in the inn and, and that kind of thing in Dracula are sort of a bit replicated here, and you've got in, indeed strange there's, there's coachman. A, I mean, uh, there's a there's an unfriendly landlord. Which yeah. is a classic Hammer, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you've got the coachman, and okay, in, in the book of Dracula, it turns out that the the second coachman that takes him up to the the house is actually Dracula. But yeah, it, we have Techwick, don't we? Yeah. And, and the only he, man who understands the tides and how to yeah, traverse and, and the Yeah, he, he obviously gets he obviously gets uh, bribed into taking um, Kips up there because he doesn't want to take take him to the house. Mm. Um, but yeah, up until that point, I think beyond that, he, he has no resemblance to Dracula really at all. But um, maybe apart from having somebody trapped in a house where there's nasty things going on. But um, yeah, it reminded me a lot of a lot of Dracula at the, up until that point. Uh, uh, well, see Hammer doing what Hammer does best. Yeah, um, but I don't know because I'm a bit of a novice. When it, this is the only version of this film I've ever seen, I've never seen the play. I've not read the novel, so I I've, I've, I don't know how how it is in the different versions. It's broadly similar, but. Um, the big difference is that the creepy funeral, right. uh, which is in the book and the TV version, and um, and the play, uh, but is omitted from the Hammer film. Um, and the creepy funeral is brilliant. Right. Um, that's where. I mean, it, it, you said it's a creepy funeral. That already sounds good. Because um, Kips meets up with the solicitor Jerome, the local solicitor. Yeah. And um, they go to the funeral, and uh, it, they think, well, Jerome said it's just them and the priest, but then um, Kips sees the woman in black, um, sees her in the church, and then he sees her out, outside in the graveyard, and um, she's wearing black. He thinks that's mm. perfectly appropriate. <laughs> you know, yeah. He thinks she's a mourner, and it's only when um, it's only when he points her out to Jerome, and Jerome will not look at her. Right, yeah, <laughs> and then he gets like very distressed. Like you see that there's there's anything really wrong, <laughs> right. and that's fantastic. Um, no, that does sound good. Because presumably that's that's sort of that, that's a scene that's transplanted when Kips is in the house and he he looks out the window and sees her. Well, no, I mean the, outside, or is that still in in the other versions? Um, so because that's the first time Kips sees sees her. In yeah, in, in, yes, no, in, um, in, in, in certainly in the TV version, he um, he then goes to Ilmarsh House and sees her um, outside. So, uh, but he's outside as well, and and then then there's a few more um, uh, manifestations, but it's not quite the same as as um, the, the 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 film where you you get her appearing in like a mm. like a. Well, I said ghost train. It's like that. It's just, yeah. There's, there's there's quite a few like like visual tricks and stuff to say. Oh look, she's there, and oh no, yeah, she's not. Yeah. And that, there's that lot, kind of lots thing. of lots. Right, they're, they're all and cliche, they're, cliches. Well, yeah. I mean, there's some there's they're done, they're good done effects. Well. Like like he's in the room. He's on his own. He looks out the window. Shot yeah. a shot. 
taken uh, outside the window and she's standing right next yeah, to Yeah, there's a face. That, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, yeah. Sort of slightly blank white face. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is very creepy. It, it, it is creepy, but it's... it's but it, but it's, 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 it's been it's done... A, it's a special effect as well, I yeah. think. Um, the play, which I saw um, many years ago, mm. but which I... Um, <clears throat> I, I I I bought the screen the um this play script of and I just read that um, again recently just to refresh my memory um that that doesn't have any special effects it's just got a woman it's fantastic it's just so that they they, they just they, they just establish because there's only three actors as well uh, in 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 the play yeah. and they 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 just establish that the woman is a ghost then you see her a few times and you're scared absolutely out of your mind every time you see her and um um that's it there's no there's not not magic tricks like if you like uh, ghost stories or whatever we see a few kind of like obviously you got Paul Daniels-y moments yeah (laughs) Um, Yeah. but but there's nothing like that in The Woman in Black it's just like I can can see I can see (laughs) there's there's good lighting and stuff Uh, yeah yeah. I can see I can see how it works because the bits in, in the house I, I can see how they would would be really effective as a play because obviously as a play you're you're sort of trapped in the theatre and, and they can make it very dark and muck around the lighting and generally draw you in a bit better because you're there. Oh yeah, you wish she's there. And, and 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 so I I think maybe that that is harder to replicate on a film. So I can understand perhaps why why they um, use some of the tricks of things you know little tricks like the the, the rocking chair rocking backwards and forwards and, and yeah I those, mean, those sorts of things and the toys in the nursery the as well oh, final bit of trivia just as you mentioned the toys in the nursery those apparently were, were real uh, antique toys that were, were borrowed for the for the shoot so they weren't created they weren't props that were built they were actually genuine antique toys so oh, it just proves that victorian children were very creepy yeah, I can't imagine how they could be child's toys. They're clearly like scary, haunted props. But you know, maybe maybe the Victorians have a bit of a higher tolerance for yeah. that kind of thing. Oh, look, it's a horrible monkey! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Just what I wanted for Christmas. Um, but um, but but the other thing I think where where the play would probably be a bit more effective is there's there's a bit where he's at the house. Um, yeah, but. at the beginning, or not at the beginning, but the first time he goes to that house, and he's in there, and some weird things are happening, and he gets a bit freaked out, and um, there, there, then a few, there's quite a lot of noises, and you, you're just kind of being drawn into it, and then they do the big fake out where he opens the door, and it's um, the 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 coach driver. Oh, okay, quick, yes, yeah. Come basically comes to pick him up and take him away, and it's a nice. I mean, it's a big fake out. It's something that had been used since the days of uh, Val Luton and um, uh, and and his films. But yeah. it, but it, it it sort of it's annoying. It's kind of relieving it, it, the tension, it, but it's like it, yeah. it deadens it a little bit, and then and then you, there's quite a, a wait until he he goes back to the house again. And and it's only really in the the very last sort of I guess half hour to twenty minutes where he's back at the house and it and all that tension builds up again. So I imagine that the play is entirely based in the house, pretty much. I, d- I don't know. I mean, but I can see how once he's in the house, you could just ramp that tension up 
in in a play version, but uh, yeah, but clearly that that wouldn't necessarily work in a on a film, perhaps. That that it, it, it seems structurally it was a bit odd in. But I guess other films do that. They they generate a, well, a level of anticipation and bang, knock it on the head for a bit. It's then. interesting because the the film has a has, has a new ending out, out of the house. Which, mm. um, in fact, the 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 well the the, the play has the books ending, um, the original the original mm. novella's ending, and then there's a different ending for the TV version. Um, it's quite a difficult thing t- to end because all the, uh, the scary stuff does happen in the house, but you've yeah. got you've got to reach some kind of conclusion. And um, I think the, the the differences between between them are kind of dictated by the mechanics. Like the mm. the, the the conceit of the play is that um, a, a, an old Arthur Kipps is um, wanting to put on a um, a production of what really happened to him okay. to try and explain it, right. and and he he hires his actor to sort of help him do it, and right. so um, the actor actually plays Kips, and Kips plays all the other parts. Okay, um, it, it, it it it's really clever. Actually. It makes it sort of a sequel, <laughs> but right. then it's the same, you know, it's, it's the same scares yeah. again. It's, yeah. No, it's 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 it's. it's a, I mean. The um the, the writer the play uh, the guy who adapted the the novel for the play um Stephen uh, Malatrat did a fantastic job. Mm. It's not just a transcription. He he came up with this brilliant mechanics which really helps yeah. um especially because it enables them to, to to have the thing where where um um and this isn't this is a sort of a spoiler for the the play but it, so turn off if you really don't want it but um. They have the uh, the the actor say at the end, "Wow, brilliant! You got you found a, a, a woman to play the woman in black. That was brilliant." And and then Kips goes, "What? <laughs> I never hired any actress." <laughs> this is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so um, um, so Kips has to survive the story. Yeah. In order to 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 be the old Kips in, in yeah. the play, yeah. and in the, um, the the book, the the original the original book, um, he's telling the story of something something that happened to him many years ago, right? Whereas in the TV special and in the film, he doesn't have to have survived in order no. for the, no. the thing to exist. So no. that's why the ending is so different, and that's um, but it needs to be big as well. I mean, in a ghost in a ghost story, I guess you can't just say everybody lives happily ever after. So you have to think of some way. And I much prefer the bleakness of the Nigel Neal version to the way the sort of pretend happy ending of the Daniel Radcliffe. Version. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm, I want to talk about this now because um, what happens is. Um, <clears throat> Um, it's, the woman in black is revealed to be Jeanette Humphreys, who is the um, the sister of Mrs. Drablow, um, who died many years ago. Um, in the in the, the Hammer film, she's committed suicide. Yeah. Um, not in every version, but in the Hammer film, she has. Um, and it, um, she's done that because her illegitimate son, who was 
adopted by Mrs. Jadlow and her husband, yeah. um, has died in Eel Marsh. In the yeah. Marsh. Yeah. And um, she's just inconsolable yeah. about that. And she's very angry. She blames yeah. her sister and everyone. And then when, when she dies, she comes back. And that's why she starts killing other yeah. people's children. And um, Kips figures out that that uh, she's upset because she's lost her son. Yeah. And then he, he's like, well, if I reunite them, perhaps it'll all be okay. So he, he goes into the marsh, finds the yeah. the body of the, 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 the poor boy. And, Using and the car, the, the Rolls Royce. Exactly, that uh, Sam Daly has. Yeah. And then uh, buries... Um, the boy in, in I did. Grave. I did think that, that, that he found him quite easily. Um, Given, I know he, he obviously had to duck was, into the marsh. Uh, there was not a lot of time to do a big kind of ge- geological exploration of the area. But it's just like, it just so happened that the bit he he walked into was the bit where where the body. Was. It was marked. It was there was it was marked as there was a cross, wasn't there? So he did know. Yeah, the, the, there was, but uh, the, and there's a helpful, he... the helpful haunting noise that, that of the sound of the accident where the boy dies, which oh, he's heard okay, as well. Yeah, so okay, so he's not totally and lots of other creepy kids. Well, this is it because this this is this is in in the TV version. There's a voice of um, the wooden black son, right? Who is kind of a different kind of a ghost but in the film there's the ghosts of all the women in black's victims uh, including Sam Daly, Kieran Hines' his own son and yep. and the, 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 the triplets who have jumped off and basically all the kids that mm. died because the woman in black hasn't just caused them to kill themselves she's obviously trapped their souls with her yeah. as well I think. Yeah. and um, you, you see those those kids um, at more as um, um, the, the woman in the, uh, Black's son is recovered, and and then there's a kind of uh, um, they kind of hand over the body, and she comes, and the other kids come, and then it all disappears. And um, Kips goes, oh, everything's fine. That's that uh, ghost exercised mm. or whatever. Yeah. And then um, he goes to the station to meet his um, son and his nanny, who's Jessica Rain yeah. from. Oh, call the midwife. Call the midwife. Yeah, and um, <laughs> uh, very unwisely bringing um, the son to um, to Christian Gifford. But, well, I mean, um, they don't know, and he no, does well, try. Yeah. He does try to, to. Yes, but you know, for the purposes tele- of narrative, telegram. can't can't do it. Yeah. And the woman black reappears and um, gets at the railway station and gets the boy to jump in front of the train and. Um, Kips jumps in front of the train as well, and then um, yeah. Uh, but then the ghost of uh, um, Kips's wife appears and obviously saves them both from the woman in black, yeah. and they all go off into the light, and then all, and then all the ghost kids happy. are there, yeah, and because they haven't been saved, and the woman in black is just like, ha, gotcha, yeah. <laughs> She's she, uh, and that's that's the end, yeah. She, I mean, has she won or hasn't she? Yeah. But, See, but it's, it's, a, it's a happy ending because the family's reunited and they've all been miserable the whole time and they're not yeah. anymore, but they're all dead. And there's yeah. other films like that and it's just like, no, everybody dying is not a happy ending. No, no, I, I didn't really know how to feel about it. 
to be honest. It was, yeah. Was a, I thought it was a bit of an odd ending. There, there is there is an exception to my rule that everybody dying is not a happy ending. Right. Downfall. Okay, yes. <laughs> yeah, but different kind of film. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, um, yeah, when the, when the obviously the, the, the top brass of the Nazis are wiped out, that, that, that is probably a happy ending, but <laughs> not when, you know, Harry Potter and, and, and his young son are killed off. That's, that's yeah. not a happy ending. Um, but... You, you know, it is a kind of vogueish way to 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 end ghost story, but it is it is it's it does feel sort of I, right emotionally. It kind of yeah, works, even yeah. though it, I, it, it ties it up reasonably nicely. Because they couldn't just and and the other thing, I, I, yeah, I, I think they were trying to with this. It was trying to aim to be a little bit more mainstream. So I do wonder if perhaps they decided against. Making it a miserable ending to try and make it a bit so more it, positive to 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 appeal to a wider audience. Maybe perhaps. in the um, Nigel Neal version, because um, Kips' wife is still, is still alive in, in, in this, actually played by Claire Holman, who is um, um, Doctor Hobson from Lewis and Inspector Morse. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's good, got a really good cast, um, um, but um, they go. Uh, Kips comes back to London, burns all the women in blacks, um, all the all the stuff relating yeah. to all the papers and yeah. things, and then uh, take rather unwisely takes um, his wife and son on a like boating um, excursion in some lake, and then um, oh, yeah, okay, I can see where that's going. Well, no, this this is this really, okay. Go on, right. It, then he sees the woman in black again. Yeah, go on. Um, and she's standing in the middle of the lake. And, wow. and then, then the tree lands on them, sinks the boat, and they all die. <laughs> and, th- and that's them all dying, but that's not a happy ending. No. It's the woman in black, just one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. I think. I mean, the. Re- and the, the um, the, the original novel has a bleak, bleak ending, but because Kips is left alone. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think it has to. I think it is bleak, and it should end bleakly. Like ghost, ghost stories are supposed to scare you, not make you think. Yeah. Oh, that was nice at the end. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Disney ghost story okay, but a proper yeah, one. <laughs> it does sort of take away from the the, the horrible um, atmosphere of, of things and, and, and that idea of the, the woman in black and is quite horrible mm. there's, there's it's not it's a horrible angry nasty ghost and yeah it sort of doesn't really another change which I don't that. I don't like is that she can make the kids do stuff whereas in the other versions right. she just causes accidents which, okay which, which, which um, I, I suppose it's something a bit more difficult to film, but it's or film in, in an interesting mm. way. But uh, she doesn't take away the free will of the children, which she does in this. Which is, yeah, I mean, which makes them in, in, in this version it's makes them almost ridiculously powerful. Yeah. she can compel people to do stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's. Uh, I think that's. Um, I think that works though. And I think perhaps it's it's a more 
perhaps for, for the audience, the more modern audience, perhaps it, it's much more spelt, spelt out, perhaps. I think than, it's... Than, say, causing accidents. It's much more yeah. obvious. No, I, I don't... I don't, I don't. I think this is a good film. I think. Yeah. And I think. It, I think it, it all works, and I. I do even with the changes. I still think it's got quite a sophisticated um, story because I think Daniel Radcliffe, I, who I thought was terrible in the Harry Potter films of his that I actually watched, <laughs> suddenly can really act very well. Yeah. And um, he, it, the um, the character of of Arthur is really interesting engaging he's very well, brave I, 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 but you can, yeah. see, you can tell um you can you can you can see where it comes from uh, he, he he's not like i'm gonna slay this ghost no. he's more like i just don't care anymore yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, he, he does that really well and then I, I i think obviously we talked about the cast earlier we didn't really touch on daniel radcliffe but i think he's um does a really good job especially as certainly the scenes in the house He's he's mm, doesn't have anything to say. No, he, so so he, all, quite a lot all of the acting is stuff. done done by his expression and 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 just just the way the way he he moves and everything. Um, and and I think he does that really well. Yeah, I think he he proves in this film that yeah. he, he's a a proper actor as well as a, someone yeah. who can. You can carry a film that isn't a Harry Potter film. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, I think he does. Well, I think it's a good film. I'm going to have to say that I think the other version is better, but yeah. I like both of them. Well, I say the other, the TV movie's better, um, and I, the play and the book are also good. I'm a bit of a, I mean, I really, really like the woman with the story of the woman in black. It's really good. Um, funnily enough. I've read a couple of Susan Hill's other ghost stories, and they're really bad. Right. They're not nearly as creepy as oh, okay. it's like. It's like this is a one-off thing. For, for she her. just got it right. Yeah, this is this, this was her first ghost story, and you can see the um, the Emma James type influence. Yeah, and, and she was very. Oh, I mean, they, they, very explicit about that. That yeah. was a key influence, um, but she she tried. She's tried it. I've got, I've got a couple of them up there, and um, yeah, they, they come across. Chris is pointing to a bookshelf, by the way, which very, very, <laughs> yeah, uh, in, in not, the studio, not non-specifically to a bookshelf as well, but um, they're, they're kind of pastiches. Um, there was uh, there's, there's one of there called the man in the picture with a, a haunted painting, but okay. nowhere near as good as like uh, M. R. James's the Meso Tint. Yeah. But the, but the woman in black it just really really works. It doesn't come even though it is a pastiche. Yeah. She wrote it in the 1980s. It's yeah. not a real Victorian ghost story, but um, it it just it just it's just so authentic feeling. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's it's quite simple, I guess. And that you've got a house. There's a ghost. Yeah, the um, and, and a little bit of a mystery. The, I think that works quite well. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think it's awesome. One, one thing I wanted to f- didn't really know about was that one of the locations is a place called <coughs> O.C. Island, which is in Essex, and which is a, a little island in in part of I think round about the Thames Estuary type area, and it does actually have that causeway, 
Now, is the causeway mentioned in the book, this sort of tidal causeway up to the, yeah. to the island? Yeah. That, the house is somewhere completely different. I can't remember it's, where it's that was It's Nine from, Lives yeah. Causeway, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm just wondering, was that actually the ins- part of the inspiration that Susan Hill had for that, that location, do you think? Or? I, I, I'm afraid I have no idea. I mean, it could easily... Because that must have been something that... Because to just kind of just invent that... Would have made this a bit tricky in trying to find a proper location. Well, I think so maybe, maybe you right. visited it at some I point. I think um, M. R. James famously took his holidays up in Norfolk, didn't he? And and so many yeah. of his um, Suffolk mostly. So, okay, Suffolk. Yeah. Suffolk. At, at, and and set many of his top ghost stories yeah. there. Um, so so he used that. So maybe she took a holiday there, and <coughs> the same thing happened. I mean, yeah. When we're talking about great uh, English locations for ghost stories, it's interesting that that M. R. James and Susan Hill both use the landscape like that. Yeah. And there's, there's there's other examples in British horror of the fantastic use of the British landscape. I'm thinking of Witchfinder General. Yeah. Which which um obviously Wicker Man as to some to some degree with, with yeah. Scotland, but yeah. Witchfinder General is amazing English landscapes and mm. um. And when you've got green sleeves and stuff, it makes it really creepy. And yeah, it's just a field, but it's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, well, I think the English countryside is quite important in a lot of British horror films. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I probably shouldn't switch English and British like that, but. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. but, British but, films. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the English countryside. It's particularly good for ghost stories. Other, you know, the cragginess of of, of Scotland. Yeah. It, I think that, it, that makes yeah. a slightly different kind of thing. werewolves. You know, we talked about Doctor yeah. Terror. If you, yeah, so werewolves tend to be from Scotland. <laughs> well, yeah. Yorkshire. Yeah, and Yorkshire. Yeah, maybe the, the more craggy landscape. They yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's not anyway, off, yes. off of it. One other thing I'd like to say about Susan Hill. Yeah. Um, I first read a Susan Hill book, Afraid of. Yeah. Um, she had a, a book of short stories uh, called A Bit of Singing and Dancing, which was on my A-level syllabus, which was really good. Okay. Um, but that's that's like literature. That's re- that's literature. That's not anything in genre. That's real literature. And then um, my first exposure to The Woman in Black was seeing the play when I was at university. I uh, yeah. I wasn't on the drama course, but I sort of snuck on with some friends to an excursion to the West End wow. to see it when it was still quite new. It's still running now, 20 yeah, years later. Yeah. Um, it hasn't actually ever been off, has it? No, the second longest running play after The Mousetrap yeah. in the West End. Um, and I really, really loved it. I think I, I read the book after that, I bought the, the play script, and I really loved it. I watched the, um, uh, the Nigel Neal version, which I think was repeated on Channel 4, in the 90s and so I'd seen that and yeah. then um, there was a, a long gap uh, I, I'd read uh, another Susan Hill ghost story The Mists in the Mirror and that sucked so I'd kind of lost <laughs> lost, lost yeah. interest there but then um, I, I read another Susan Hill then started her own ser- detective series um, so she's got a detective called Simon Seralia and um, and they're 
brilliant. She's very versatile. She doesn't right. always get it right, yeah. but sometimes she can do that. Yeah. She, she can do quite a lot of different stuff. She's most versatile writer probably that um that that's, that's working at the moment, as far as I'm concerned. Who's who's that good? Yeah. And then um when Hammer brought Woman in Black out, I got really into it again. It's just yeah. So I've I've read and watched it all again, and um, yeah. And coming to watch the Woman in Black, the Hammer film, hmm. for this, the effect's wearing off on me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas I, I'm, I'm probably the opposite. I'm quite intrigued by all the, di- the other different versions. And I think I'd really love to go and see the play. Uh, highly recommended. Yeah. Can I just ask you, changing the subject a yep. bit, what do you make of Neo Hammer? Because this is the great example of the new Hammer. This is their one hit, really. Yeah. Do you think this is what they should be doing? Or, or should they be making Dracula films? Or I, I, th- I think this 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 was a very good um, sort of updating of that Victorian It's recognisable because they it's, did, it's very, they did very, Victorian yeah. Gothic. That yeah. was what... I mean, so it wasn't I think, always, uh, yeah, always when you think set, of Hammer, you think of... Uh, yeah, that Victorian uh, kind of Gothic horror type yeah, stuff. I mean, for for Frankenstein, <coughs> not really not actually Victorian, but you know, you know, you think I think they yeah. they set it up a bit like that, and you, you, yeah. that's what you think of. I mean, it's not the period isn't always exactly Victorian, but but it's always that kind of thing. yeah. Um, and uh, I think they 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 do that really well with this, and I think that's presumably what most people think of when they see Hammer. It was especially interesting when you've got the at the right at the very beginning you get the Hammer logo pop up and there's all the they do the thing that Marvel do where they have the little flickers. It's, of exactly, it's such a rip off of the Marvel logo, yeah. isn't it? But they have those little kind of uh, little flickers flickers of the the posters and everything and it does you know it do, this does fit with that I think very well. I haven't seen any the their other right. versions of things and so films. so. When when they finally did come back, I mean, the only relation to the original Hammers. Yes, the name. Yeah, well, I mean, they do own the back catalogue, but they're they're not the same people. Um, They 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 did that terrible MySpace um, serial called From Beyond the Rave, which they, I mean, honestly, (laughs) yeah, I never watched that. when, When the word rave was. It, about ten ten years out of date. Yeah, I know it's the same mistake they made with Dracula in nineteen seventy two again actually of yeah. trying to tap into a youth culture that had already died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then they, they they made a low budget ho- Irish horror film called The Wake Woods, but it's like basically got the same plot as Pet Cemetery. Right. No. No. I, I mean I've I haven't seen either of those two. I'm not interested in them. Mm. But then they I think they did The Resident. Which was a disaster, <laughs> right? It, I mean, it's American, which was like, well, okay, why Hammer making American films? Yeah, but it's basically the same. Well, you, have you seen the film Pacific Heights? Yeah, it's basically that idea. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's like what made them think that making a new version of Pacific Heights um, with uh, okay, Hilary Swank and Jeffrey Dean mm. Morgan. Oh, is that his name or Jeffrey Morgan, the the guy from the Watchmen film? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, they're, they're okay actors, and and Christopher Lee plays um, the villain's dad, yeah. um, and he's third build, and you'd think he'd have a, a reasonable yeah. role, but he doesn't. No, it's completely wasted. In fact, they're, <laughs> they're, 
he, he, he sadly hurt. He filmed it in New Mexico. He said he hurt himself on set, and since then he hasn't been able to take a, a, a significant role in the film because he yeah. doesn't commit to the lengthy shoots anymore. Obviously, he's in his nineties now, but um, yeah. I think I think he, um, yeah, it cost him dear that far. And it's just a poor film. Yeah, really, and I can't understand why a film, why a company called Hammer would make a terrible American sort of horror thriller. Yeah. And and it's rightly... Well, exactly. I mean, they they should have done something like this to begin with. Because this is, this is the sort of thing people would expect from the Hammer name. So they should have done a few things like this and then branched out. And, and then between um, The Resident and this, they did um, Let Me In. Yeah. Um, which is a remake of uh, Let the Right One In. Yeah. And um, I haven't seen Let the Right One In, but I have seen Let Me In, and it's astonishingly mm, good. Yeah. It really is excellent. American set, for some reason, okay, yeah. which is getting wrong. Um, and apparently it's so similar to Let the Right One In that um, there's almost no point unless you can't be bothered to read subtitles. Yeah. But um, um, I thought it was really excellent but no, yeah. nothing lo- nothing to do no. with Hammer and a flop sadly but I think <coughs> m- more to do with it just being the wrong choice than it yeah. being a bad film but then they I think they were on the verge of bankruptcy again yeah. and then The Woman in Black did well um, but, but following that they've got they've just, The Quiet yeah. Ones just came out but yeah. it seems like a low budget 70s 1970s set goes yeah. Kind of poltergeist slash exorcist yeah, kind sort of. of, and I I, 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 I don't understand why Hammer would make a film in the style of the films that killed the Hammer yeah. name the first time. I'd strike, I mean, I mean, it didn't when they made To Devil a Daughter, the game was up. Yeah, the, yeah. I worry that the Quiet Ones might be the same thing again. But having said that, I haven't seen it. Might be good. Yeah. Um. And. Their kind of um, next roll of the dice is Women in Black, Prince of Darkness. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. um, which I don't think. I don't know. I I, I don't think that's going to work. No. The, the idea of of that is that um, it's quite a funny idea. Is that um, during the Second World War, the authorities have rather stupidly. Um, turned Ilmarsh House into uh, like a m- mental hospital, but also evacuated. Uh, but I, I can't quite work out how how why you would do this or how this works. But they've also evacuated a load of kids to it. Okay. Because <laughs> you've got to have kids, otherwise there's no point yeah. in the yeah. world. But I, I I'll be interested to see how this yeah. pans out. Yeah. But um, I I suspect it won't be any good. But it might be. I mean, Dracula, Prince of Darkness was good. Yep. Um, I, I would, oh, I would hate Hammer though to be reduced to taste the blood of the woman in. But actually, no, that would be, no, <laughs> no. The woman in black has risen from the grave. Yeah. The woman in black, AD nineteen seventy two. I'm going to pitch that to them tomorrow. The actually, <laughs> the woman in black, AD nineteen seventy two. The satanic rites of the woman in black doesn't sound too bad. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Yeah. No, that, that could be the right. woman in black and the seven golden vampires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, shall we wrap it up? Because we've been rambling on for probably quite a while now. 
Um, Did we make the Harry Potter joke? We made lots of Harry Potter. Oh, we yeah. got them out, out of the way at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. I would hate just, people to feel yeah. cheated thinking <coughs> that there'd be Harry Potter jokes that we never included. Oh, them. one other thing I just wanted to mention. There is a burning house in this. That is not the main house. There is a burning house. Yeah, but, you're right. But I think we can tick that off as a... I think that counts towards the, the burning house quota. Well, not by matching keeping score. No, yeah. it just shows again this is much more like a real horror yeah. film. Yeah. And a real British horror film. Yeah. Okay, so we get on to the three questions that we ask at the end of each podcast. Did we like it? Yeah, yeah. I liked it. It was uh, it was really good. The, the the all the jumps and scares were all very cliché, but they still worked. And and they still made me actually just jump slightly. Sometimes a bit of audience manipulation is much exactly. appreciated. Okay, so what was it scary? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um particularly for me when I saw it in the cinema. Yeah. Uh, with the sound and stuff but also by okay I'm getting a bit used to it now but yeah the first time around definitely yeah yeah and um, does it hold up which is perhaps a bit of a redundant question given it's only two years old I think it's dated terribly since the (laughs) the innocent days of 2012 (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah of course it holds up I don't even need to really answer that I would agree with uh, my colleague on that one okay so what are we going to be doing next time? Um, I've forgotten. We're going to be doing... I think we were going to be doing Night of the Demon. Or... Did or... We, no, we, we agreed. No, we changed it. We, 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 we're going to do Controversial Choice. We're going to do The Devil Rides Out. That's right. So the, our next two podcasts are going to be The Devil Rides Out <laughs> and Night the of the right Demon. Now. But we might change Night of the Demon now. You never know. We might do something different. I'd like to actually watch Night of the Demon. Well, I would as we well, because it's good. Yeah, yeah. So, excellent. There we go. Some proper spoilers to end on. Yep. Okay. But in, until those two podcasts, I've been Chris Denton. And I still am Paul Monk. And we are a very British horror. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>